You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to an episode of Diaconia, A Call to Service. I'm Deacon Jim Norman, Vicar for Deacons with the Archdiocese of Chicago. Diaconia is the Greek word for service. It's also the root word for deacon. This is a show by deacons, but for all the faithful of Chicago, those called by baptism to be priest, prophet, and king. Today, we're delighted to have with us members of the permanent diaconate staff, uh, Deacon Dave Brensick, and Deacon Richard Hudzik, I'll let them introduce themselves. Deacon David is our associate director uh, in the office, and uh, Deacon Richard Hudzik is our director of ongoing formation uh, in, for our permanent diaconate. We've got an interesting show today. We're going to talk about highlights and hopes. Um, we'll each share personal highlights from this past year and professional highlights from this past year, and our hopes for the coming year 2024. I think it's probably all of us at this point in the year look back and look forward, uh, just reflecting on what's past, looking at highlights and maybe challenges, but also looking forward with our hopes as we walk into the new year. So we're going to take some time to step aside and do that and uh, uh, hopefully get to know one another a bit better um, and uh, learn some things. So welcome, gentlemen. Jim. Good morning. Good day. So we've got uh, our personal highlights, our professional highlights, our spiritual highlights, uh, and then our hopes. So let's start first with personal highlights. So Dave, tell us a personal highlight, a personal highlight from 2024. Well, I think... 2023. uh, 2023. You got to figure out my years. I would definitely think that uh, the highlight for me this past year was the the mission trip I was part of down to Rutledge, Tennessee with the Glen Mary Home Missioners. Uh, a group of us um, deacons and, and lay people were part of the group Hopes on the Way, uh, which is based here in Chicago. Uh, and we there were seven of us went down to, to Rutledge. And... I don't know if Jim, if you ever been on a mission trip, you know, or Richard, um, it's exhausting. It's you know you're working, you know, many hours, but it's one of the most rewarding things that you'll ever want to do. Uh, we spent several days uh, installing a, a greenhouse for uh, a woman named Vivian Nan and her disabled daughter Ambria. And it helped them to become more self-sustaining. Um, and it was when we were finished working on that project, you know, the, the two of them were just so, so grateful for us being there. They had been waiting seven years mm. to get that greenhouse installed. And um, Vivian Ann told our group, you know, that we were the answer to her prayers. Mm. So it, you know, it was hot. It was, uh, you know, Tennessee uh, in August, mm. so it was mid-90s with high humidity. Um, but, you know, it was, uh, again, it was very rewarding work. And then later in the week, we did other, kind of branched off with other projects. We, uh, the group I was with, we worked and helped put a... Um, a tarp on a woman's, an elderly woman's house that had been leaking, um, just to help. You know, she was going to be getting a, a roof in in the future, a new roof, but this was kind of a stopgap to help her. And seeing the poverty in Appalachia, you know, I know we've always heard about it, but to see it, you know, 
up close and and how these people are living um that's just really makes you opens your eyes to to what we have and uh the need that's out there thank you dave um richard personal highlight for you for personal. 2023 uh i suppose it's it was a process uh, ever continuing process but um readjusting uh my my life situation to its to its new reality uh as i love to point out to anybody who asks my children especially that i've been working in one capacity or another since 1964 or something um you know, caddying or whatever, <laughs> but I've been I've been doing stuff. So it's it's just been you know a lifetime of of working, and now uh, shifted into a a different uh, position uh, at the diaconate office, uh, having some more time uh, for family and uh, you know the grandkids, um, in a process of learning to uh, let go of some things, uh, learning. The ability to say, "Hey, Jim and Dave, that's your problem. It's not mine. <laughs> You're on your own." You're on he your seems own. he seemed to be pretty You're good at that, own. right? So it's you know it's a question of um, it, it's a spiritual journey. It's 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 a wonderful experience to um, have the time and space a little bit more to, uh, as the expression goes, have the main thing be the main thing. Um, you know, be be available to. Uh, to the parish more, uh, be available to uh, wife and kids and, and grandkids more. Uh, so it's it's just it's a, a reordering of uh, priorities. It's having the ability to step back a bit from the frenetic pace. Um, uh, we're recording this right. What is it? Seven thirty in the morning or something? Yeah. I'm I'm usually uh, safely ensconced in my home at seven thirty in the morning, but. You know, in the old days, this was you know, this was routine. You, you know, get up at five thirty and start charging hard um, until you collapse in an exhausted <laughs> heap in the bed at uh, you know, ten o'clock at night or whatever. So um, I'm exaggerating, but um, I think it's just a a change of pace and and, and learning uh, the graces uh, in that in that different in that different pace. Thanks. I interesting um, a highlight for me in the past year. As both of you know, and, and the audience will now know, uh, my mom had a severe stroke um, at the end of December uh, of 2022, and so uh, went through a journey of about four weeks in the hospital and rehabilitation, and uh, the final diagnosis was a vascular dementia. And, and I was struggling with my own back issues at that time. So, uh, and, and my stepfather has limited mobility and balance back issues. Back issues is in your, your spine? My spine. Okay, not, yeah. not history, not ancient history. Okay. Not, okay. <laughs> um, and so through that, although very difficult, I mean, the things that were going on with my mother's help, and at one point, you know, the doctor said to the, my brother and I, gentlemen, we're, you know, we're talking months. We're not talking a year. And so we we're kind of dealing with that. But walking through that moment, I, I was able to see how the community um, of friends and neighbors supported them both and, and me. Um, and those were just grace-filled moments. I remember uh, going to breakfast with my stepfather, just kind of spending time and listening with him before we go into the hospital and spend the rest of the day. And and he gets out of the car and I get his walker and the mobility isn't good. and this line of about 20 people waiting to get in this restaurant all kind of part for us and let us take the first place. Um, and, and even, you know, you know, he, he protested, I protested, but they insisted. And um, the, the couple that was there behind us that had let us come in front of them, we bought their breakfast. And the lady came over, and we didn't say anything. We just said, take care of them. And the lady uh, came over with her husband, and they were just in tears mm -hmm. and, and hugged us. And it's just a wonderful moment. Or uh, when my mother was out of uh, rehabilitation and took her after a doctor's appointment to, to eat, um, a lady saw us, you know, I think we were 120 yards away, and she just stood there and held the door for mm -hmm. us. And uh, she had tears in her eyes when we got to the door because it reminded her of her mother who she had lost. Mm -hmm. And then there was a third incident where um, I left my computer with me hobbling 
my stepfather in a wheelchair. I left my computer in the back of the wheelchair that the hospital provides. So I called back and said, I left my computer. Did anyone find it? He said, yes, yeah, security found it. We've got it. I'll pick it up in the morning. Uh, when I got there to pick it up, the security guard wanted to meet me. And he said, well, we figured out, I was able to figure out whose computer this was. I Googled you. I stumbled on one of your sermons. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I was touched by it. I'm going to go back to church. And uh, I felt like for a moment that I was a part of your ministry mm. uh, and that this was all intended. And, and I just, you know, those grace moments along the way left me uh, just with a more intentional sense about um, what matters, what's important, uh, caused me maybe perhaps to slow down and, and contemplate a, a bit. As I reflect on my own highlights and, and Dave and, and Richard, your highlights, I mean, I, it's interesting that these highlights come from some obviously self-reflection, uh, but they also, David, in the heat and in service and in the midst of poverty, um, that was a place where you found a highlight because you were in touch with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, it, it was from you self-examining and, you know, just sorting and, and trying to get back centered. And I, I don't know that you slowed down. Your podcasts are <laughs> probably uh, more, you're producing more of those than ever before. But it, it just seemed to me interesting where our highlights come from and so where one might look. We didn't talk about achieving we didn't talk about having. We talked about experiencing. We talked about service. We talked about being. We talked about reflecting. Even watching the grace, the kindness of others spill on us. You know, I it, think, rem- it reminds me of uh, Father Dominic Grassi, mm-hmm. the uh, Chicago priest. Uh, I, I encountered him. He was spiritual director during Deacon Formation. But he has a couple, three books, the titles of which are bumping into God. Mm. And there are these stories about these encounters with God in, in the most ordinary of circumstances, in the in the restaurant, mm. uh, people's gratitude in, in Appalachia, uh, just these, these evidences of the graced nature of, of all of reality, that, that God is with us. And sometimes we just need to Open our eyes and see what's 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 plainly there. And mm-hmm. we're see. No, I, I was going to say, I kind of second that. Uh, it's reflecting, Jim, as you said, you know, mm-hmm. after the fact, how God was with us at those times. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was, his hand was there, guiding us, um, bringing us in, encountering these people, and that you know that happens every day if we're aware. Mm-hmm. If our eyes are open, amen. And that's the uh, you know th- 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 putting on the, the the homilist hat here. Isn't that the challenge for for the homilist to help people discern that that reality in their lives? And that's a right. way of you know maybe that's the the introductory hook to the to the homily is to is to awaken that that sense of of God's reality in our, in our midst, um, and then use that uh, as, as food for thought. God is with us at all times. It gives the possibility then that in every one of our days, given what you said, there's a highlight, but we may miss it if mm-hmm. we don't slow down and right. observe and right. just recognize God walking with us and right. God showing his grace and love and mercy to us in many ways through others, mm-hmm. putting us at the right place to be of service. Uh, giving us time to kind of look at our lives and take it apart and put it together in priority order, getting the right. first things first and right. perhaps placing God first, or just recognizing ex- and accepting the grace and love of others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I think we have to give ourselves, everybody, the opportunity sometime during the day for quiet, mm-hmm. whether it's in the morning or in the evening. To reflect on the day, to to think about, you know, how where, where did I encounter God today, or how can I encounter God today? How can I be ser- be of servant? Um, and that that's part of a deepening relationship with 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 Jesus. It's the daily examine that uh, mm-hmm. at least once a day, uh, at least to reflect once a day. on what's what's been good, uh, where you might have stumbled, uh, and what you can hope for tomorrow. Let's stop. 
and take a break there and come back and pick up on hopes for 2024. Okay. Catholic Charities on Sunday, February 4th for the 2024 Divine Affair, a premier wine tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697. special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. At my right hand or at my left is not for me to give but for those for whom it has been prepared. Welcome back to Diaconia. Deacon Jim Norman here with Deacon Dave Brinsick and Deacon Richard Hudzik. Uh, We were talking right before the break about the ability to stop and reflect on your day, um, to reflect on your week uh, or the month or the year. Um, And doing that, you might find highlights. You might find God present um, where you least expected. Uh, Richard referred to the book Bumping Into God was the title. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Um, of a book you might want to to take a look at. Also, when you stop and reflect, you probably tap into hopes, hopes that you have for the future. Uh, And so we wanted to take some time to talk about or share our hopes, either personally or professionally, for 2024. And this time we'll start with Richard. Hopes 2024, personally or professionally. Uh, well, personally, um, I have on the docket, uh, sadly it's on Holy Week, but um, uh, anyway, I've got a, uh, a 10-day trip to India planned um, right around. We'll be back uh, on Easter Monday, but I'm going with uh, 
my son and his his wife and kids and some of his in-laws to visit his sister-in-law and her family uh, who live who live in India. They're they're medical folks. Um, so it's I've been to Israel uh, a handful of times and I've been to Europe uh, a couple times. I've never been so far east or west, depending on your point of view. So it's um, I'm I'm very excited about that what is surely to be an eye-opening experience of uh, travel around India. So um, I'm getting my shots and all that kind of okay. good stuff. And anyway, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm bracing myself for the experience and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. So, are you committed to posting on Facebook your well, I, travel? Yeah, I, I, I could do that. Uh, <laughs> if you don't post it, it doesn't happen. That's right. right. <laughs> my, yeah, all, all ten of my followers would probably, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, uh, I, I will share it because it's uh, it's good to have the experience and uh, also to you know, interpret that and and, and share it. Uh, it's that's what makes it particularly fun. So that's just personally, that's a big a big thing happening in 2024 for me. Okay, and since we had mentioned it, if you, it, well, the expression is, if you don't post it, it didn't happen. Right. Where can our audience find you, either on Facebook or on YouTube? Well, on Facebook, uh, you can get onto the uh, Chicago Diaconate uh, Facebook page. Uh, there's some postings there, and then also I have a a, a, a humble YouTube channel um, called Deacon Richard Handing on the Faith, um, and I. The ambition is to post weekly. Uh, I, I fail utterly at, at that. It's more like more like monthly. But um, there I endeavor to communicate, hopefully in a winsome, interesting way, not just me rambling, as I'm doing right now, but um, try to convey, communicate to people some of the, if you will, some of the cool stuff, some of the things that, that I get excited about in our faith that that just have to be shared. Um, you know that uh, that the line from the first epistle of John. We we share these things so that we might be in in fellowship and that my joy might be complete. So, Deacon Richard Handing on the faith, uh, periodic observations or uh, teaching is is too exalted, but um, sharing stuff that I think uh, are important for people uh, to know. So that's that's the other creative outlet that I have. Thank you. And David, hopes for 2024? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, completing the, my training as a spiritual director. Uh, there are seven deacons uh, from the Archdiocese of Chicago who are in the Maze Lake Sacred, Sacred Presence program, and we're in the midst of that right now. Uh, I will be finishing up in June uh, to be trained as spiritual directors. And the plan is that... Um, once we're finished, we'll be offering uh, our, our service uh, as spiritual directors to the deacons and wives of the diaconate community. Uh, this has been, you know, uh, a project that we, our effort to try to encourage the deacons, especially, uh, to have a spiritual director. And we're hoping that with, with more directors available that our brothers and sisters will take advantage and uh, go through spiritual direction because it can be so helpful in your journey, you know, with the Lord, your faith journey, uh, helping someone see the highlights and the lowlights mm. and how God has been walking with us. How's, how's the program been for you so far? Uh, the, some of the reading has been challenging. Uh, the part of like every class we meet on we have Thursday nights it's on Zoom. Uh, part of it is a practicum where we someone plays a role of director and another person is the directee, and uh, the others are observers. So for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever, uh, you know you have like a, a mini spiritual direction session. Um, so that's that's probably the most um, worthwhile. You know, practice that we have so far uh, every week, in addition to the uh, the lecture and the discussion, but it's kind of honing our skills to be spiritual directors and to understand um, what that involves. Thanks. Uh, for me, um, highlights are, and I'll, I'll hopes 
professional are, I guess, the ex- exploration of the partnerships uh, that are available to us, Joseph and Mary Retreat House, um, IDS, which we seem to be moving in that direction. The Holy Spirit seems to be moving us in that direction. We're stumbling on opportunities to collaborate further. Maybe the, what's IDS, Jim? <laughs> Institute for Diaconal Studies, thank you, and the Institute, uh, uh, Instituto, uh, which is the Spanish the formation for our Hispanic deacons. Also, uh, partnerships with Catholic Charities. We've uh, tried in many different ways to partner with them, especially on a, with a, the work working with asylum seekers and the homeless. Uh, I think there's some real opportunities, some synergies there that benefit both us and them, and most importantly, those in need, the asylum seekers. Um, and I hope for some partnerships in, with priest training, that as we say clergy, and we provide training and support for priests, that training and support could be extended uh, to the diaconate community and, and hope at some point that some of those programs and efforts could be extended to all the faithful, and certainly they would benefit from those programs. So I'm hopeful that there will be more collaboration and more partnerships in 2024 to support the clergy and to support the faithful of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Some exciting things. Yeah, yeah. Any Are there any other hopes that you'd want to share in the time we have remaining for 2024? Well, we have in April, we're going to have our second joint symposium with the Diocese of Joliet. Uh, last year, we had a symposium based on the Eucharist, and the one in April is going to be uh, surrounded, uh, centered on homiletics, which is always a very popular topic for our deacons. Uh, we're always looking for, you know, best practices and suggestions for for resources. And uh, Richard has lined up some, uh, a good speaker for us. And yeah, Father, Father Mike Connors, who's the uh, director of the Martin Center for Preaching at Notre Dame University, and in preparation for, uh, I was going to share this with you guys, uh, you know, off off air, but uh, just. 10 seconds here. In preparation for that, that gathering in April, I've been doing some of the background reading um, that's been, that have been recommended by, by Father Connors, um, among which was an article by uh, Deacon James Keating, who talks about contemplative preaching and the idea being that the, the homilist, any homilist, um, his goal is to be himself filled with the Lord and to be able to point his congregation in that direction of Jesus. It's not, it's not didactic. It's not pedantic. It's not catechetical. The place of the the, the role of the homily, the mass is 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 formative. It is it is prayerful. It's it's a question of discernment to maybe help people see how they are bumping into God, uh, as we mentioned earlier. So um, there's some great resources, um, not only in a practical sense, but also in a deeply spiritual sense, that the homilist of necessity, I think, is, is converted himself, and, and then he, he communicates that, that insight to the people. So that's, that's what, part of what I'm looking forward to with this, this thing in April. Okay. And there are two groups, uh, I think, in terms of supporting going forward. Uh, the diaconate women had a great start in 2023. Uh, looking forward to great things from them in 2024 and supporting them in whatever way we can. I want to thank Dave for all the work he's done with them. And we're uh, making efforts to support our widow deacons, um, which I think is really important, and a community with needs. And I think they can do a lot to support one another. So there's a lot to be hopeful for in 2024. I am forever grateful for your, your gentlemen's support, uh, friendship, and guidance, and coaching, and mentoring in 2023, and uh, keep it coming in 2024. Well done. Thank you for being here. Thank it's you, Jim. For at my land, he is not for me to give, but for those for whom it has been It will be given, it will be given.
You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Diaconia, a call to service. I'm Deacon Jim Norman, vicar for deacons for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Diaconia is the Greek word for service and also the root word for deacon. This is a show by deacons, but for all the faithful of Chicago, those called by baptism to be priest, prophet, and king. We're taking this episode with Deacon Dave Brinsick, our associate director uh, in the office of the permanent diaconate, and Deacon Richard Hudzik, our director of ongoing formation, to just reflect back on our episodes of 2023. The guests that have been on our most memorable episodes, uh, and then talk about also those questions we might have asked, those guests we hope to have had or would have had uh, on the show, and those we hope to have in the future. So we'll begin there, just sharing our favorite episode from 2023 and why. Uh, we'll start first, let's start with Richard. Well, of course, my favorite is one that starred me. Uh, <laughs> No, I, that was we, on my list. I don't okay, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will. <laughs> we can just close this up right now. Um, no, I, I, I'm especially fascinated with the the concept of a of a rule of life, mm. uh, and we did. I think we did a couple shows on uh-huh. that, if if I recall. Um, and it's just a, a, a personal mission of mine, I guess. Uh, the rule of life contemplates uh, crafting, being intentional about how we're going to live our faith life day by day by day. And if you're anything like me, you're you're full of good intentions and follow through maybe for 48 hours, maybe 72 hours, unless I take the time to actually write it down. And not so much a checklist, not that mentality, but to at least have some articulable Goals uh, and the rule of life is this process of engaging with yourself and with God as to where you are most comfortable in your prayer life, and then adopting strategies, practices to to fulfill those those kinds of yearnings um, and who, who your own, what your own personality is. So I, um, I it's. It, it's something I, I want to share with uh, with the wider audience to encourage them uh, to craft their own rule of life so that they too might um, be blessed by this intentional way of, of being with the Lord. Not mechanical, but intentional. Uh, and so that was, we talked about the rule of life for a couple episodes, and I, uh, I think there's more to be said about it, but... Um, Anyway, that was that was me. Uh, that was my, uh, okay. my my thinking for twenty three. We can take just a few more minutes on that. We did do two episodes on the rule of life, and and it seems to me you're saying, gee, the topic itself, what it could do for an ind- for yourself or or an individual who adopted this effort, this mm-hmm. exercise right. of trying to take that on. Uh, that there's something there that's really meaningful and valuable. So if our listeners could go back and take a look at those episodes yeah. in 2023 and replay those to start building those. It seems like an ideal time, too, in January mm-hmm. yeah. to start that yeah. process or think about that process. No, I, I, yeah, a- absolutely. Because, um, you know, we're end of the year review, looking forward, and, you know, this is a time for perhaps New Year's resolutions and, and, and those sorts of things. And um, like good intentions, the New Year's resolutions are 
sometimes fuzzy aspirations that uh, that don't don't play out through the balance of the year. Um, and the question is not so much our intentions. The question really is is one of perseverance. How do we get over that hump from the initial blush of flush of you know enthusiasm? How do we, if you will, play the game for the long haul? Um, how do we persevere? And that's the, the rule of life is a tool that we can use to help us um, persevere, to endure in, 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 our, in our worthy intentions. Uh, so that's, that's why it's, it's, it's on my heart to, to share that with people. Thank you, Richard. How about you, David? Well, I had uh, a couple of shows that uh, I thought were, you know, very informative and uh, for folks. Last January, we had uh, Mike Waters and Chris Torres from Catholic Charities. They talked about, you know, the, the work that Catholic Charities has been doing and the impact that the economy and the pandemic had had on Catholic Charities. Well, a year later, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the midst of this, of the migrants here in the city of Chicago and all the efforts to, to, to try to help them. I think, you know, it's, it is, Catholic Charities is even playing even a greater role today. And I think, you know, it would be worth, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but revisiting with mm. them to see how our parishes, how our diaconate community can continue to be working with partner as partners with Catholic Charities to help help these people. And the other show that uh, that I really enjoyed was uh, back in December with Deacon Tom Lambert and and Tracy uh, Sherva, who talked about uh, their work with uh, mental health and uh, all the suggestions that they had regarding for people who struggled during the holidays with depression. Uh, a lot of resources um, and just useful information for for dealing with those uh, times that can be very for some people can be really hard. I think you know you 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 jumped the gun. Actually, I was saying you went further than that. I think you've set the agenda for February uh, <laughs> with Catholic Charities and, and Mike Waters and Chris Torres bringing them back, especially since there's been so much on the news. Over the last few weeks, about the over 500 that are of uh, asylum seekers that are in the warming stations, uh, another 200 plus in the airport, uh, and uh, unfortunately, asylum seekers back at police stations. Um, and when we hear that, you know, a large 100 uh, so in the warming stations, and probably 50 or so in the airport are children. Um, it may be a time to revisit with Catholic Charities about what they're doing, share a little bit about what the diaconate community is doing, um, and, and also share what we can do as faithful in Chicago uh, to help our neighbors. And, you know, Jim, uh, this kind of came home last week for us when two migrants came to the door of the diaconate office in Forest Park. And we, you know, we struggled trying to communicate with them. We had to use the translator app. Uh, I, I don't speak really speak Spanish, um, but to try to help these people who were seeking food and clothing and and a job, and we were able to put them in touch with Catholic Charities after you know several phone calls and running back and forth to try to help these two young gentlemen get some assistance. But that really that came home for us yeah you know well i i'll add to that story dave which you shared with me uh, you also provided food for them mm-hmm. uh immediately and since then the office we've set up a fund so that they would receive information on all the resources that are available um a gift card to get them uh, from our office to catholic charities the ability to have a meal and transportation along the way um, and so we don't know if we'll have more knock on our door, but we want to be ready and prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you know, everyone should ask, how can I help in this effort? Definitely. How can I help in this effort? Um, for me, uh, the show that uh, just gave me a lot of energy, there were a couple. But the one 
the women of the diaconate, um, their energy, their passion, and their perspective. You know, I they said some things that I thought were really profound. They were profound. They were simple, but profound. I recognize that they bring a perspective. I've always recognized that they bring a value to the community, but it was just palpable in, for me in that session. Um, I'm excited uh, about the work that they have done, excited about the work that they can do, uh, not only for the women of the diaconate, but for the entire community. Um, and even last last year, you know, their ad of sending out, we would typically send, uh, Diaconate Council would provide poinsettias to be sent out to widows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their willingness to come together in groups and send handwritten Christmas cards along with the poinsettias uh, to widows. Um, and the response we got was overwhelming and heartfelt. I mean, for every poinsettia and card received, um, we received back almost one-for-one kind of a response from the widows, just acknowledging uh, how this came at the right time. Uh, as we talk about, you know, you talked about the Tom Lambert um, the interview, um, how it came at a time when they were, you know, probably grieving, mm-hmm. sensing some loss feeling alone, and here they have an acknowledgement from the community and the poinsettia, a card from women in the diaconate who were reaching out to them, and some of them offering, even offering the help, um, and some of them not knowing what to do with their gratitude that, you know, uh, wrote a check just saying, thank you, diaconate council, for what you've done. So I'm really excited about uh, that episode. That was just really kind of powerful. And there was one woman who wrote and said that the, the poinsettia arrived on the anniversary of her husband's death. Yeah, yeah. So that was a reminder of him, that flower was a reminder of him and how it you know kind of comforted her throughout this Christmas season. So, yeah, that was something very special. Yeah, we talked in previously at another time about those grace moments and highlights mm-hmm. uh, and how God is working and how we can bump into him in our in our day, in the ordinary places, in the simple things, and to think that that effort that it started years ago with the poinsettias now has, you know, the, the, the handwriting of the women of the diaconate all over it and creating these kinds of moments within our community um, is really powerful, really powerful. Is, is, there a, is there a guest, to think about this, is there a guest that we did have, maybe from one of the episodes, that there's a question you would have asked or you'd like to have more time with? Sure. Um, In December, we interviewed uh, Dr. Tom Sullivan, uh, a dentist uh, from Westchester, from my my home parish, Mary Mother of Divine Grace. He does an annual uh, medical mission trip to Honduras. He's a a dentist, as I say. Um, And I just... it just struck me as such a rich experience for him, along with the multitude of other things that he does in the parish. He's a musician. He's on the parish council. He, he, he does a lot of things. But just that um, explore with him further what it's like to, to move from the neat and clean, pristine office that he has in Westchester to more of a rough-and-tumble sort of uh, experience in Honduras where the the needs are uh, exceedingly great. Um, I would have wanted to talk further about that and also to have the time to drill down into um, one of my favorite themes, and that is the, the role of the baptized. And Jim, I think you mentioned this in, in the intro to the, to the program today, uh, maybe you know every time, but the, the idea of priest, prophet, and king, um, to explore that more fully with him. Um, for me, it's it's an entree that we can use to lift up every single one, every person whom we encounter, every baptized person to to dignify their their lives and to awaken in them. They're not just you know the old model: pay, pray, and obey. You know, mm-hmm. just which is a million miles away from the reality. And to have had the opportunity to explore in concrete terms uh, with Dr. Sullivan what it means as a baptized person to be priest, prophet, and king. And, you know, maybe we can explicate that further. Um, okay. So, 
Great. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about uh, who we'd like to have on the show in 2024. Baptized like I have been baptized Are you on Sunday, February 4th, for the 2024 Divine Affair, a premier wine-tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer-tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697. Catholic Charities' Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with its decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Diaconia. This is Deacon Jim Norman. I'm here with Deacon David Brinsick and Deacon Richard Hudzik. Before the break, we were talking about uh, a particular episode with Dr. Sullivan and this wanting to spend more time with him and exploring the notion of priest, prophet, and king uh, for all of us in our work, uh, outside of our work, and as it would relate to Dr. Sullivan. And Richard, you want to say more about that? Yeah, I just, uh, as I mentioned before the break, priest, prophet, and king is is the identity that every baptized person has. And I think we, you know, it's it's, it's three words and we can just, they, they, Shakespeare would say, they flow trippingly from the tongue, but we don't drill down and pay attention. Every person who is baptized, and this is, if you come to one of my baptisms, you'll likely hear some variation on this theme. But as a priesthood of believers, a priest is someone who prays for somebody else. That's, that's our job, if you will. A priest is someone who offers sacrifice for someone else. That's our job, and we do that day in and day out. You know, as parents, as, as workers, we are giving of ourselves when we're at our best, when I'm at my best for the sake of somebody else. That's, that's a priestly way of living. We're also prophets, and a prophet is literally one who speaks for God. And being a baptized person doesn't mean I arrive at some 
state of infallibility, nor is it a call for arrogance for me to tell you what to do, but rather it's as a prophet is for me, as I hear God's voice to me, to to share that with, with others and to engage in dialogue, to to seek the truth. That's what a prophet does. And then finally, every baptized person is is king, is queen, has this royal dimension of caring for what they've been blessed with, of nurturing it, of, of passing it on, of, of making it better than, than the, the way they, they found it. Um, we do that, again, with our families. Maybe we do that in the workplace, that we, we take care, we steward, we shepherd. It's those three things, priest, prophet, and king, that I think when we become aware of that, call us to a standard um, of, of, of excellence, a standard of, of holiness, that um, it's not just getting up and doing your thing and going to sleep at night. It, it, it elevates us and it allows us to see how blessed we are by, by virtue of our baptism. And that's not the call just for the clergy. You know, there's that Vatican II spoke of the, the universal call to holiness. Universal. Everybody is called to holiness. And we, we get that. Um, we pursue that through, I think, recognition that we are priest, prophet, and king. So that's that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Does it, it also seems to indicate there may be an opportunity in 2024 for an episode on the baptismal calling? Absolutely, because on the one hand, it's, it's as obvious as the day is long, um, that we're different because we're baptized. But how we... How we live that out, I think, I find it helpful personally. Oh, I'm, I'm being priestly here. I'm being prophetic. I'm being kingly. I think it's an aid to offer this this construct for us to to live our life in, in, in the particularities that we find ourselves. Okay. After the show, we'll book a date okay. for Deacon Richard Hudson to go. be there back we with us there we go. Uh, to talk about our baptismal promises. If I can promises. squeeze it in, I'll Same. see In your busy calendar. <laughs> and Dave, how about you? Well, you know, I think we're always looking for interesting stories, you know, especially from our community that we can share with our listeners. Uh, you know, our deacons do such wonderful work um, in, in serving the Lord and the church. So just being, you know, keeping our ears to the ground for those uh, stories. But I think, uh, you know, we should invite, you know, Deacon Tom Lambert and Tracy, you know, Sherba to to come back um, maybe again in December because, um, you know, they are just, they're experts in the field of, of mental health and um, they're, they're just a wealth of, of information and knowledge to share with people who can, um, who, again, who might be struggling that time of year with the holidays. There may be an opportunity to, there's been a lot uh, recently um, on the notion of loneliness, mm -hmm. that in society we feel loneliness more severely than at any other time. Um, and actually medical reports that are saying loneliness is as detrimental to health as smoking. Right. It's a killer. Yeah. yeah it, it is a killer. So perhaps, you know, perhaps there are two uh, shows that they could uh, talk about this topic of loneliness, why it exists, how to address it uh, for yourself and how to support others who may be experiencing it could be a topic for us in 2024 worth worth uh, exploring um, within the next few months so that that's a great idea a great suggestion and certainly back during the holidays which is it's kind of this I, I find it you know this contradiction but as I get older I, I may be leaning more that way myself um, this contradiction that it is a season of hope and expectation mm -hmm. for some but for some, it's this period of deep sadness and grieving and loneliness. Yeah. Um, and so uh, very appropriate to bring them back. They've been in this space for, for such a long time with so much knowledge and expertise. I'd love to, love to have them back as guests. Uh, I'd also, as we go into 2024, um, if it is at all possible, I would love to know who's out there. 
who's watching us on YouTube, who's listening to us on the radio. I'd love to know what's touched them. Uh, I'd love to know what they have questions about. I'd love to know what questions they have for our previous guests, what guests they'd like to see back. Um, I'd love to, at some point, have some of them sit here at the table with us and talk about how if, you know, by the, through the grace of God, if any of the episodes have touched them in any way, uh, if they've tried to implement any of what's been shared here, like the rule of life, mm-hmm. um, and what's worked for them and what's not worked for them um, in 2024. So I'd love for us to interact and engage with those that are watching and those that are listening. And so I think we do have a way for you to do that, to talk to us. So uh, as they say today, clap back at us um, uh, by, um, by email. Certainly if you're watching uh, on a po- as a podcast on YouTube, um, you know, in the comments below, let's have a conversation. Um, share uh, guests you'd like to see. Share questions you'd like to ask any of us. Uh, topics you'd like us to explore in 2024. Uh, if you don't have, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening, uh, we will put up uh, and share with you the email address where you can reach out to us and share your thoughts and ideas. What's working well is with the show Diaconia. What can we improve on uh, with the show? Because we'd love to hear from you. Um, the other uh, off air. David said, well, we could have the Pope on, and you know, he doesn't have to be here. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, I'll let you do, you ask the questions okay. on that one. Um, you have Google Translate, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'd say maybe the vicar, um, some of those who are leading efforts uh, in the archdiocese, like evangelization. Um, there's an interesting, there are two authors that have uh, a wonderful book I read uh, recently, um, Fat Luther, Slim Pickens, uh, which is about Catholic faith and their expression of faith through all their trials uh, and challenges as mothers and and single African-American women. Uh, Just a kind of an interesting and insightful perspective they bring. Love to have them on. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, to have them on sharing uh, kind of their insights and reflections on how they uh, practice, understand, and share their faith. Um, in the la- last few minutes, any other guests you'd like to see or topics you'd like to see in 2024? Between this conversation, the conversation I hope to have with our audience, we will fill our calendar for 2024 and perhaps beyond. Well, we do have the uh the Eucharistic revival uh, taking place, and there'll be some um, liturgies and, and such related to that um, at the end of at the end of June. Um, there'll be a variety of opportunities for for prayer and reflection on on the Eucharist, and so we could uh, tip people off to that before it happens as to how they might might plug into that um, and. Uh, I think that would be useful for people. Well, I think even afterwards, after the Congress, if those who have attended, you know, for people to share, some of our deacons to share Mm -hmm. what that experience was like. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. So stay tuned. Engage with us. Clap back. Give us your feedback and your input. We're excited about what 2024 brings as we are here together. Thank you all, gentlemen, for being here with us today. God bless everyone. Thank you. my right hand or at my left is not for me to give but for those for whom it has been prepared it will